Welcome to Radio Baladi, the first Arab, Middle Eastern, and American simulcast radio show. Radio Baladi is broadcast every Friday morning on WNZK 690 AM from 8 until 9 Eastern Time on Good Morning Michigan with Layla Al Husseini. Our call in number 248-557-3300. And now, stay tuned for the best radio talk show on Arab and American issues with your host, Layla Al Husseini. And good morning, everybody. This is the Ray Hanania Show live on WNZK AM 690 on the U.S. Arab Radio Network. It's October 9, 2020. And this is the Friday edition of the Ray Hanania Show. And I am Ray Hanania, special U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper, columnist and media consultant here in the U.S. Uh, the only bad thing about calling it the Ray Hanania Show is I got to repeat myself, talk about myself. I don't like to keep talking about myself, but that's what I got to do. The Ray Hanania Show is brought to you on the U.S. Arab Radio Network, WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, and is proudly sponsored by the Arab News newspaper, where I write op-eds and news and features, um, and sponsored by many businesses, by the way. We are uh, sponsored by a lot of groups and uh, businesses and charities and organizations. And I'm proud to have the newspaper that carries my column uh, to also join that sponsorship. The Arab News newspaper is the Middle East leading English language print newspaper with editions in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Japan, in Japanese, Pakistan, in Urdu, France in French, and with bureaus in London, New York, and Chicago, where I'm based, where we generally speak English, but it's not always guaranteed. The U.S. Arab Radio Network was launched in 2005 by journalist and radio network founder Leila El Husseini in an effort to energize and empower Arab Americans. WNZK AM 690 is one of the country's leading radio stations offering formats for ethnic American communities. Um, We have a good show coming up here. We're going to be talking in a few minutes. Uh, with uh, Jim Zogby, the uh, founder of the and president of the Arab American Institute, the AAI, in Washington, D.C. Um, he serves as a political and policy research arm of the Arab American community. Jim is a supporter of Joe Biden campaign, and he'll talk to us about his perspectives on the debates and the upcoming election. We were going to have another guest. Unfortunately, she was uh, maybe intimidated. I don't know. Uh, Jim, I'm telling you, Jim, I've known Jim Zogby since, wow, the 80s. And this guy is dedicated to uh, American politics in in the context of getting Arab Americans involved and getting the American community to recognize us as an important constituency in the United States. It's very important that uh, we participate And I think one of the big things that uh, uh, the AAI and the Arab American Institute and Jim Zogby have done 
is they really made Arab Americans aware in a cohesive way about why it's so important to be involved in politics. We've been involved in everything else. Uh, we've been veterans. We served uh, during World War One. Actually, we actually had a few people in the Civil War um, who served. And uh, we've had uh, Arab Americans proudly serving in every war, defending this country. Obviously, we don't want war, but we're very proud to be part of the movement to defend America. Um, of course, you know, the technology here is we're trying to go live on Facebook and, you know, Facebook's just giving us all kinds of trouble. Unbelievable. I'm not even sure why it's such a pain, but we're recording this and immediately after it's recorded, we'll have it posted on Facebook and you can still listen to us live on U.S. Arab Radio uh, actually at arabradio.us slash live, arabradio.us slash live, if you're outside of the uh, greater Detroit region. Uh, our number is 248-557-3300, 248-557-3300, if you want to call in. And uh, who knows, maybe uh, Facebook will, it could be, you know, they got the FBI and all these different groups cracking down on, uh, you know, uh, Facebook and Twitter and social media. And I think it's kind of political, you know, and I think uh, they decide who can or can't broadcast. And I'm really upset with Facebook that uh, this uh, show is having a hard time to broadcast. It just doesn't make any sense. Super speed internet. I got uh, 800 MBS. It's amazing how fast this is. And uh, Facebook is just giving us a problem. So, I don't know what to do about it. At this time, though, um, we're going to be talking about the uh, debate. Did you watch uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, and uh, Senator Kamala Harris debate? Um, I thought, and there was good and bad about everybody, just like in the presidential debate between Joe Biden and uh, President Trump. I thought Joe Biden achieved his goal um, during his the debate with uh, President Trump uh, to show himself as a uh, uh, capable person because they, they were slandering him so badly, you know, saying, oh, this guy is having trouble. He's senile. He can't think. He's too old. He would be the oldest president, I think, at 78 years old. But he did a good job. He held it together. He was cohesive. He was on the ball. He was uh, right there on every issue. And he wasn't insulting for the most part, although he did call Trump many, many names, which I think was his big mistake. Trump, on the other hand, was disruptive and he missed the ball. Instead of focusing on uh, on the uh, big issue that would have helped him, which is fighting crime, he lost control of the narrative. And it just went from issue to issue. And I think when I talked to people after the presidential debate, you couldn't really remember anything significant other than maybe Biden telling him to shut up. And I think Trump had one line uh, saying that uh, he's been in office. He's done more in office in 47 months than Biden has done in public life in 47 years. Great line. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's memorable. And sadly, nobody remembers the issues. Trump's big asset, I think, is the crime issue. Uh, people, especially in the center, the conservative Democrats, they're worried about the uh, push um, against the uh, 
uh, people who are criticizing the protesters in the wake of the Black Lives Matter uh, protests and the, and the really tragic killing of George Floyd. Nobody supports the killing of anybody. Um, and police officers who cross that line should be punished. But there are many people, especially those conservative Democrats who supported Trump the first time, who are concerned that the left is pushing too hard to defund the police, to uh, weaken police protection, and to blame all police. I don't believe you can blame all the police. That was a made-for-Trump issue in this election, and I think he dropped the ball. And then, of course, after the uh, debate, he got sick with the coronavirus. He was diagnosed with COVID-19, and that only shifted the focus even further away from his issue of uh, fighting crime and being the crime fighter that the centrist conservative Democrats want. Most Arabs, by the way, Arab Americans and Muslims are conservative to some degree. They support family values. They believe in religion, um, you know, very strongly. So there is a balance there in the middle. There's an overlap. And uh, I think Trump failed, lost the ball. It was taken away from him by his stupid policy not to wear a face mask. You know, face masks, I know there's a debate about whether they're effective or not, but the issue to me is what's the difference? Wear it. How could it hurt? If it can help, wear it, right? How could it hurt um, to wear a face mask? So why not wear it? And when you're the president of the United States, when you're the mayor of a local community, when you're a senator, a congressman, and you're not wearing a face mask, when you're in a group of 250 people, when you're announcing your candidate for the Supreme Court, purely irresponsible. And I think it's seen that way, unfortunately. And uh, you know me, I've been trying to go both ways to help both sides to show what I think are the faults and failings of the mainstream national news media. I don't believe they've been fair. I don't believe they've, I think they've taken sides and I think that's wrong. Um, And I think it's disrespectful to the American people because I think the media is saying basically when they don't do their jobs by being objective and they become uh, opinionated reporters. Now, you know me, I'm a columnist, I'm opinionated, but you know that because I tell you that. The mainstream media isn't telling you that. They're saying, no, we're objective, we're fair, we're the final uh, authority on what's right and what's wrong, you should listen to us. Um, And then they go ahead and give you opinion instead of fair, balanced coverage. Um, That's wrong. So I think that uh, there were a lot of reasons that Trump could have benefited, but I think he really stumbled. Biden achieved his goal, I think was uh, uh, a mark for him. I think in the vice presidential debates. And we're going to talk with Jim Zogby about all this, um, because like I said, he's been covering uh, American politics in the Arab American community uh, for many years. And uh, probably the probably the authority on Arab American politics, but also very close and very active in the Democratic Party with all the Democratic presidents. Um, he understands the Beltway in Washington, D.C., And uh, when you want to understand American politics, um, he's a great resource to go to. So we're going to be talking with him in a little bit. Um, But when it comes to the vice presidential debate that we just saw, I thought that uh, Mike Pence was far better at uh, uh, challenging this perception that the Trump administration is disrespectful. 
he would Pence was the perfect gentleman. The only thing he did wrong was he just couldn't, you know, he just wouldn't stop talking. And the other thing I guess he did wrong was when he did talk, um, I don't know, he didn't leave, there, there were no really powerful sound bites, no powerful issues that he drove home. It was like all this excessive talking going beyond his two minutes every time, every time. It got to be an obsession when you're watching the debate to see him keep talking past the two minutes that he couldn't even, you know, get his views across, um, you know, to uh, uh, explain what he wanted to do. So it was kind of disturbing. And I think Kamala Harris, though, she her worst moment was she reminded me of Hillary Clinton. There was this laughter and smiling and like she was arrogant and entitled. And that's what really hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. All right, listen, let's take our first break. And when we come back, um, we should be uh, connected with Jim Zogby from the Arab American Institute. Great guy, very informative, very helpful. And then we'll continue this discussion. Our phone number, 248-557-3300, here at the U.S. Arab Radio Network on WNZK AM 690. I'm Ray Hanania here at the Ray Hanania Show, brought to you by the Arab News newspaper at arabnews.com. We're going to be right back right after these messages. Read the Arab News newspaper for the latest on the U.S. elections, the battle for president, and breaking news and unique stories on Arabs in America and the world online at arabnews.com. The Arab News newspaper is the leading English-language newspaper in the Arab world with editions in France, Pakistan, Japan, Dubai, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and bureaus in London, New York, and Chicago. Join the more than 5 million people who follow the Arab News on Facebook online at arabnews.com. Ziad Brand. Quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rico Picon, Dana, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. When you're looking for the best in optical care, Dr. Imad Nakash is your doctor to see. With years of experience and thousands of successful procedures performed, you can trust your eyes to Dr. Imad Nakash. See Dr. Imad Nakash and his professional staff for your eye care needs. There's two locations to serve you. In Hazel Park, call 248-336-3937. 248-336-3937. In Rochester Hills, call 248-299-3937. That's 248-299-3937. Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali al-Baghdadi and Fatty Bottom serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali al-Baghdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CDC guidelines and is open every day, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights. 
And welcome back to the Ray Hanania Show here at WNZK AM 690 Radio in Detroit, Michigan, uh, broadcast on the U.S. Arab Radio Network uh, and sponsored by the Arab News Newspaper, the Middle East leading English language print newspaper with editions in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Japan, Pakistan, France, and bureaus in London, New York, and Chicago, where I'm based. Um, The U.S. Arab Radio Network was launched in 2005 by journalist and radio network founder Layla Al-Husseini in an effort to energize and empower Arab Americans. And I think Layla is doing a great job. Let's go uh, and admit we'll get Jim Zogby on the line here right now. Um, And uh, go ahead, Jim, if you have your. uh... Hey, Jim, how are you? Oh, there you are. I just, I, you know, I can only talk you up so much without you being on there. So I spent the first 15 minutes talking about all the years we've known each other, how much I've learned from you, um, all the things you did. Um, and the only thing that's probably not good about this is it means you're a little older than me. Okay. I'm really sorry to make that point. Actually, a lot older than you, but that's okay. <laughs> you, you know, the nice thing about being Arab is that we look younger than we really are. So you're looking good, Jim. And, and please, again, accept my condolences <laughs> asking a Eileen, your wife. Uh, that yes. was a big blow to the community. So thank you. And she, she's remembered. Um, Jim, this is a big election, isn't it, uh, coming up November 3rd? And uh, you've been really into politics what, why is the country so divisive this time? I mean, in reality, what's the reason for it, do you think? Well, number one, big election. It is, um, my brother and I were joking about this because in 2000, he coined the expression, um, the Armageddon election, referring to the Bush-Gore one. Um, right. That, that pales uh, in comparison to what's at stake here. And because, you're talking about John Zagby, the John, pollster, right. phenomenal pollster, by the way. What is, what is at stake here is not just the direction of the country, but it's the very survival of our democracy. Um, we have a president who is off the rails and actually getting worse every day with the steroid treatment that he's on. His, his tweets and his public pronouncements have become so extreme uh, as to be rather frightening. And what's more frightening than the president is that... Uh, there are hundreds of thousands of people who like each one of his nutty tweets. And, and I, I, I made the comparison to, uh, you know, back during the pre-COVID days when you would be walking to the metro on the corner of Connecticut and K Street here in Washington, there'd be some guy out front with a bullhorn saying, you know, the end is at hand, come save, be saved, whatever. And people would just be walking by. Um, what would it be like if hundreds of thousands of people gathered to listen to him? Uh, that's what well, they did. I see they did. Thousand likes uh, for Donald Trump, um, literally um, not quite praising the kidnapping of uh, uh, attempted kidnapping of Governor Whitmer, but but certainly not condemning it either. Right. Uh, right off the bat, so it's a difficult situation. What brought it on? We've been in a hyper-partisan um, uh, frame since uh, two, it's, it's almost three decades, since Newt Gingrich took control of the, of, the Demo- of the Republican House of Representatives and began to push a, a sort of a scorched earth policy. Um, 
remember the number of investigations of Clinton that went nowhere, and then finally the 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 impeachment for uh, what a what now appears incredibly minor compared to what we're what we're dealing with in the White House at this point. Um, and it continued. I remember when Barack Obama was first elected, they pledged they would support nothing and they blocked as much as they conceivably could, uh, funded the Tea Party, organized the birther movement, um, and became a major obstructionist force using racism um, and anti-Islamic uh, fervor um, to question the president's uh, actual citizenship, uh, his legitimacy as a president, his faith. Um, and that created a tidal wave that ultimately drowned the Republican Party itself. I, I recall in 2010, when they had a, a, a chance of winning a number of Senate seats, uh, they blew it because they ended up having Tea Party candidates winning uh, primaries who ultimately lost to the Democrat in, in November because and the, were, and the White Castle should have been the senator from Delaware, uh, but they instead nominated a Tea Party lady who was a witch, um, uh, and uh, she ended up imploding, and Chris Coons uh, made it to the Senate. That happened in Nevada. It happened in three states. And so, and the, the Tea Party was a... And the Tea Party was... Them, and Donald Trump is the result of it. He has devoured the Republican Party and transformed it into uh, basically a an ongoing permanent revolution against the status quo, and it's very destabilizing. I think that was the most insightful uh, analysis I've, honestly, I've heard in a long time, um, that it started with Newt Gingrich, who really kind of took politics to an extreme end. It evolved into the Tea Party, which which was one of the most destructive extreme organizations we've seen. Remember, Ray, just one second. Just to interrupt you, before Newt Gingrich, it was Bob Michael. Uh, one of your folks from Illinois. Yes, yeah, and nice the Bob guy. Michael, the Bob Michael Republican Party worked with Democrats. Yes, um, I remember. And uh, and Ray LaHood, who was Bob Michael's uh, chief of staff, became the congressman after him. And think of the, the kind of congressman Ray LaHood was, uh, and think of what we now have in the Republican Party. Ray LaHood has no place. Bob Michael never would have had a place in the Republican Party. Gerald Ford couldn't have found a place in today's Republican Party. It's a completely different thing. And it was Newt Gingrich that created that. And and I I think that that's so important for people to understand. But there is one other factor. And I want to ask you to it just uh, maybe you agree or disagree with this. But it seems like the media has reacted to this the way a voter would react to it. And what I mean by that is, that they it seems like they're taking sides to a lot of voters they think that it's the media attacking Trump so anybody who might have supported Trump isn't really looking at the goofiness of some of the tweets the inconsistency in some of the things that he says i mean it, it's it, in fairness to him he's not a politician he's a celebrity reality tv star but it seems like the media is so obsessed and ganged up against him that the focus is on them rather than being able to look at Trump and say, wow, that guy's terrible. I, I think that you're, you're right in that uh, there is no longer 
uh, an American news media. Uh, it's an entertainment yeah. uh, division of the of the of the five corporations. Uh, yeah. you know, NBC has its entertainment, and then it has its news entertainment, which is MSNBC. Not really news. Um, right. There's ranting from the left. There's ranting from the right, and then there's CNN, which is a weird animal because. There's neither right nor left. There's no truth at all. Let's just yell at each other for um, uh, uh, an hour or so. And and people do pick that up. We don't. This is not the the uh, Walter Cronkite, John Cameron, Swayze, uh, Huntley and Brinkley era. Uh, my era. Um, right. Objective news commentators. This is. Can you imagine Walter Cronkite? Can. Can you imagine Walter Cronkite being a reporter today looking at all this, what he would have said? Yeah. He was like the father of the community, not and just a journalist. It, and, and we're not there. So you're right. People do react to that um, and become siloed. Um, you, you, you end up, you, you have Fox News viewers, you have MSNBC viewers, and never the twain meet. And right. when you watch CNN, like I said, it's disturbing because um, instead of, again, being just news, it's rant from the left, rant from the right, and no objective center to, to work right. off of. So people uh, either they have their bias and the bias becomes reinforced in the silo that they end up entering. And it, what's disturbing, I think, is that uh, in in the, with the advent of the internet, there was this sense that the world would open up and we would have unlimited possibilities to get information. Instead, what happens is that it's, it's almost like when my kids went to college, you know, uh, they two went to small colleges and ended up knowing lots of different people from the chess club nerd to the football right. players. Those who went to really large colleges, uh, enormous, like the University of Virginia, ended up gravitating toward people like them and they, they lived with them and they hung with them. Um, right. And, um, and that's what happens on the internet is that there's so much that you end up siloing into places that reinforce your existing prejudices. Um, and the result is, is that never the twain meet, you know, you, you get your information from this guy, they get their information from that guy and there's no common ground uh, to reach. And if you're a politician, you play to that crowd. You don't play to this crowd. Uh, and you reinforce the division that way. So the political culture, the media culture, the popular culture all combine to create and enhance this polarization that, that we're in. And Donald Trump is the creature of that. Um, and um, and he's not the cure. He's the creature. And, um, uh, and sometimes I think- it, I was going to say, sometimes it could turn out well, I, because I remember covering Chicago City Hall. Uh, from da- Richard J. Daly to Richard M. Daly. After uh, Daly passed away, Mike Blandick, the machine mayor, took over, and he was upended uh, by one of his uh, administrators who was angry with him, Jane Byrne, the Consumer Services Commissioner. Jane Byrne was obsessed. She, was, she would have been a great mayor, except she was obsessed with fear that Richard J. Daly's son, Richard M. Daly, was going to take over. So she spent four years attacking Richard M. Daly, who really wasn't that great of a politician. He was young. He was not articulate at the time. He was just getting started. 
He couldn't argue a great issue, but she just constantly attacking him, distracted from his failings. And in four years, she turned him into a powerful mayoral candidate. He didn't win that next election. Harold Washington did, who I know you know and was a great mayor. But when Harold Washington passed away, Rich Daly became the great mayor that he was in part because of that experience. We called it martyring in politics. And it seems like the media is martyring Trump. But in Trump's case, he's unlike Rich Daly, who had the talent to be a great mayor. I'm not sure Trump has the talent to be a great president, but people can't see it on his side. They're like blinded by this uh, fog of anger, media bias. Uh, I can't turn on the TV without hearing one-sided attacks. And and even for somebody like me, who's all, a little conservative, but always on the left, it's hard not to look at that unfairness. How do you deal with that? What do we do? Well, I think it's, it, it, look, to some extent, there is, it's not unfairness as much as it is, this is what the media has become. And Trump yeah. is himself a creature of media. Um, he is an entertainment character. Um, he is the apprentice, after all. Uh, that's what made him um, into the, the, uh, the quote-unquote iconic uh, figure that he is. Um, and uh, he lives and dies by ratings. Uh, everything he does is, is, is based on that. So the criticism is, is it's, it's not so unwarranted. What concerns me more then the the role of media is, like I said, the guy out on the corner ranting, um, right. and nobody stops and listens. When a couple hundred thousand people stop and listen, or in this case, millions of people stop and listen, the question is not so much to parse the content of what the person is saying in the bullhorn. It's what is the inclination? Why do people stop and listen? What is, what are their needs? And so I think that where we need to be looking right now is um, why do people support this man um, and why do they see him as victim? What does it say about them? And I think what it says to me is that they themselves feel victims. Uh, they themselves feel screwed. Um, and in reality, they have been screwed. Uh, you know, if Hillary, are... Clinton, if Hillary Clinton had listened to you, instead of calling them deplorables, yeah. had offered your analysis just now is probably the most cohesive analysis oh, that I've I seen. I offered it, and, uh, and what I was told was that we're not wasting money throwing it after people who aren't going to vote for us anyway. That, that's actually what they said. And that was um, a mistake. I was on the executive committee of the party back then. Um, and I still believe that, um, that instead of just as Democrats focusing on quote-unquote base vote, and Republicans focusing on their base vote. We need a message that speaks to everybody. And that's uh, what I I think in some ways, that's what Joe Biden's unique uh, role is, is that he does speak to white working class voters uh, and black voters and Latino voters, et cetera. Um, People are hurting. Uh, People are, they feel the rug got pulled out from under them. Um, They, they see, um, government serving others, not them. They see factories closed, mines closed, uh, you know, 
they watch television and they say, oh, my God, my children can't watch that. That's not the values I want them. You know, they see everything changing around them and they don't quite know how to get a grip on it. Uh, And along comes Donald Trump and says, you're screwed because they're screwing you. And I'm the guy who's I'm the only one who can fix it for you. Um, And they become became enchanted with that. I I think that um, there's a need to address that. Um, and to show compassion for that and not is it, approach it with a kind of contempt, which is, I think, what, to some extent, the, 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 the coastal elites, as the Republicans like to call them, that's what they've done. They've looked down their noses at people who are hurting without right. asking, why are you hurting? Right. And we're, we got to take a quick break. And I just have, and I have a few more questions. I know you're on limited time, but uh, we, I think limited if, time, Ray, because it's I know. 8.30 in the morning, which is really early for me to function. So if I'm not making any sense, that's why. No, you're making phenomenal sense, Jim. Honestly, this is probably one of the best interviews, next only to Ed Gabriel, who I know is a friend of yours, who probably the two of you went to the same political school. But if, and the question I want to ask before, break, the, before we go to break is, uh, why doesn't Biden do that? What will he do you think he's going to reach out and do what he sh- what Hillary should have done four years ago to appeal to those people who support Trump, not to degrade them as deplorable, to say, listen, I know what you're going through. I'm going to help you. And because you can play to your choir on both sides and it, it'll be what it is. But there's a chance to change those voters. Do you think he can do that or will he do it? I think he does that. That's his unique quality as a, as a, as an establishment democratic politician. I, in all the years that I was on the executive committee chairing the ethnic council, which were the very guys in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, that we were losing. um, I used to joke that the only strategy that the party ever had was to send Joe Biden to Scranton every four years to make that pitch. He's now the candidate and he's making that pitch. Um, Would that he could have been out on the campaign trail actually meeting people all the time. But he speaks to that working class uh, Scranton mindset. And and I I think if you listen to his his speeches, there's a compelling part of it where he tells his story, uh, talks about his family, talks about the, the working class neighborhood that he grew up in, that he moved into with his family in, in, in Delaware. Um, and there's a bit of uh, an interesting kind of like resentment. I'm not the Princeton guy. Um, he right. makes that point. And I think that speaks to people in a way that, for example, Hillary couldn't. Um, right. And even Barack Obama, he could have, but he didn't. Um, right. And so there is, I think, a, a, a possibility that Joe Biden breaks through uh, uh, on that uh, um, with that constituency. Okay. All right. We're, we'll take one quick break, but hang on. Cause I, I want to ask you a few more. I know. Five we're more minutes is it. Thanks. All right. All right. Let me just take, we got to take this quick break really fast. Uh, otherwise the sponsors will kill me. I'm Ray Hanania. This is the Ray Hanania show sponsored by the Arab news newspaper. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back right after these messages. Water covers 71% of the world, and the Arab News newspaper covers the rest. With breaking news from across the Arab and Muslim world, and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the headlines with expert analysis and insight at ArabNews.com. Join 5 million Facebook fans who stay in touch with the Arab News, the Arab world's leading English language newspaper, online at 
ArabNews.com. Kashat's Mediterranean Market and Shish Kebab offers a great array of your favorite Mediterranean meals. Meals range from lamb specialties, shawarma sandwiches, seafood dinners, and they offer special big trays of your favorite food, plus much more. Kashat's Mediterranean Market and Shish Kebab address is 32839 Northwestern Highway in Farmington Hills. Their phone number is 248-538-9552. That number again is 248-538-9552. And the supermarket is open from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Kashat's Mediterranean Market and Shish Kebab will definitely leave you satisfied. When it comes to reproductive medicine, IVF Michigan Fertility Centers are the recognized leaders. With locations in Bloomfield Hills and five other cities in Michigan and Ohio, IVF has experts in all aspects of the field. As a founding member of IVF Michigan Fertility Centers, Dr. Nicholas Shama is one of the leading reproductive endocrinologists in Michigan and Ohio. Dr. Shama has performed over 10,000 IVF cases and has helped thousands of couples fulfill their dreams of parenthood. American board certified in both obstetrics and gynecology and reproductive endocrinology and infertility, Dr. Nicholas Shama is a very caring, compassionate, expert physician that understands not only the medical but also the emotional toil of infertility on his patients. When it's time, get personalized care from Dr. Nicholas Shama at IVF Michigan Fertility Centers in Michigan and Ohio. Call toll-free 855-952-9600, 855-952-9600. And we're back here at WNZK AM 690 Radio, the U.S. Arab Radio Network, hosted by Leila Al-Husseini, who uh, works hard as a journalist and radio network founder to empower Arab Americans uh, just and also brought to you by the Arab News newspaper at ArabNews.com. And of course, uh, Jim Zogby, uh, our guest, has been working very hard, not just to empower Arab Americans, but to help Americans better understand who we are and engage us all in a very productive uh, politics. Jim, tell us why Arabs should support uh, Biden and Kamala Harris, because there are some feelings, some minor roads, but I try to explain to people that in politics, it's, it's never 100%. Why should they support Biden? What's their advantage for them? Let's just look at ourselves selfishly. What benefit do we have? Well, number one is human beings. The, the, what has, this president has done to our political culture, uh, he has so degraded it and polluted it with bigotry um, and with, with hate that it, 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 for our children and grandchildren, we, we, need, we need to make change. Uh, we need to restore something old fashioned like decency to the way we speak about each other and the way we speak about the concerns that we have. Um, I, I found uh, that as I l- listened to folks who've been calling uh, and that I, folks I talk with when I was going around the country and meeting with people, people telling me about how in grade school uh, people were picking on Latinos, uh, you're going to be deported, or picking on Muslims and tearing off headscarves, or, or saying things to, to Black kids, uh, etc. Et the, the, the damage done by polluting our political culture and our discourse um, has been severe. Then there is the fact that he's a failure as a president. I mean, we, I, I often think if we had done a lockdown for three weeks when we first knew this was here, we'd be over the hump already now. Instead, 212 
thousand people have died, um, seven and a half million infected. And the notion that it's not a big deal. It's like the flu only 200 and whatever, some little percent of the, you know, I have, my wife was in the hospital for many, many months, um, attempting to recover from a stroke. I have stayed friends with some of the therapists she had in the two different hospitals she was in. They tell me that their stroke units are now COVID units and they're COVID units because about 20% of people who get the, the, this virus end up with a permanent disability, sometimes affecting their ability to walk, their ability to talk, their, their cognition. Um, this is a dangerous disease and it's not the flu. Uh, and then there is uh, the way he has made a mess of America and the world. Uh, I mean, Barack Obama tried to bring us back, uh, but he faced enormous hurdles. The hole that, that George W. Bush dug with that Iraq war was so deep. Uh, and what Donald Trump has done is just add chaos to that hole. It's almost as if he's still digging, but he's throwing dirt every which way. Um, America's role in the world today is something fundamentally different than it ever was before. We're a laughingstock. Uh, and in the absence of leadership and in the, the way that uh, we've lost a role and an ability to be a convener, we now have a Middle East that is in total chaos. And Donald Trump is fueling that chaos rather than helping to bring it to some kind of resolution. Um, you have Iran and Saudi Arabia and Turkey and China and Israel and Russia all competing in different mixtures in five or six different conflicts that have become so confusing sometimes with, you know, Russia and Israel on one side in one conflict and Russia and uh, Iran on one side and another conflict. And it's like, who, who's in, who's who's with what? There's no way of even sorting out the teams. And that's because America's absent as playing a real role. Do, do I want to see America run the world? Absolutely not. We're not capable, nor would I trust us to do it. But what I do think is that when we're not involved at all, you have chaos. And that's where we are right now. And, and finally, I think that um, there is so much good that can be done if stability returns to the way we do politics. Um, and so uh, the, the, the chaos at home that's been created, where you wake up every morning and you wonder, what the hell is he going to be tweeting about last night? Is he going to be inciting to violence? Is he going to be uh, yes stimulus, no stimulus? I mean, we could have dealt with the economy and the crisis caused by this disease early on in a coherent way, um, and we didn't. And the result is, is that the rich got richer, the poor got poorer, everyone has, 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 has stagnated and or suffered, um, and we're still not out of the woods and probably won't be out of the woods if he continues for a long time to come. There's so many reasons to do it. And just on the particular Arab-American concerns, look, I've been working in politics for, for at least 40, 40 years now, full time, um, and there has never been a presidential campaign that has paid as much attention to our community as this one. Um, they issued a six page Arab American policy statement. I never saw anything like it before. It, it, number one, it's never happened. No campaign has ever done that before. Number two, the content of it, getting rid of profiling and committing to it um, 
de dealing with the politics of exclusion, which we've suffered from for so long, um, recognizing that while, yes, they oppose BDS, the boycott divestment sanctions movement, they will protect our constitutional right to free speech and then go on to say, which is why he defended Rashida and Ilhan when Israel denied them entry. And he said in the statement, and I condemned Israel for denying them entry, um, at least going back to status quo ante before Trump, re restoring the PLO office, opening the consulate in East Jerusalem, uh, restoring the aid to UNRWA and the aid to the Palestinians. Um, that may not be enough for some folks, but it's a hell of a lot better than where we are right now. And uh, politics, I've always said, elections are not the choice you want to have. They're the choice you really do have, what's right in front of you. And you cannot look at Donald Trump and Joe Biden and say that doesn't make a difference. And people who tell me that, I say, just think if Al Gore had won in 2000 and we didn't have an Iraq war, where we'd be. Just think if Hillary Clinton had won and we did not have the chaos and the, the, the absolute, you know, unbelievable mess that we're in right now. Elections make a difference. And so th this one is critical. Uh, it's critical in part because this guy, we're not even sure he's going to leave the White House if he loses. They're already stirring up chaos in states all over the country with lawsuits threatening um, to, to challenge the election results. Um, the result is, is that we might end up in a, in a constitutional crisis. We can't. At some point, it's like when, when, when my brother and I'd be squabbling and my mother would say, enough, I can't stand this anymore. You're driving me crazy. Enough. We're all going crazy here. We need to bring the temperature down. And, and, and Joe Biden is the guy who can bring the temperature down. So for all those reasons, <laughs> I think there really is no choice here. This is such a clear-cut case of sanity versus insanity that we really have to be on the side of, of protecting our sanity. If we can see it that way, I totally agree with you. And uh, I think that when I look at the election, I, I'm not sure it's going to go one way or the other. I think it's right teetering on the edge there. If you can use your influence to get Biden to speak to that group of people who were Democrats, who supported Trump, to let them know he's not Hillary Clinton, he, he doesn't see them as deplorables. If he makes that message clearer, I'm going to say that he's going to win the election. I think that those people will run to him because they don't like being deers in headlight, wondering about the whacking noises coming from behind them, angry at the media, and really not looking at Joe Biden. I would love to see him do that. And you're the guy to make that point, because this has been probably the most insightful analysis that I've heard, honestly, Jim, not just because we've been friends for so long, but the way you put it in context is so important. I think people need to hear that. So thank you so much, Jim. Thanks, Ray. Thanks. Listen, I, I Jim, would say I, that that is what Joe Biden's been doing. I, I, and that's one of the reasons I appreciate him is that I think that from the convention on down, he has been trying to speak to people on the right, on the left, and in the center. And people complained, why did he have Republicans speaking at the convention? Why did he have John Kasich? I think it was smart. It was smart to have AOC and John Kasich. It was yes. It was it was important to have a message that spoke to everyone. And I've been, you know, since I've been Bernie supporter and I was a Jesse Jackson supporter, 
my my uh, my mission is to progressives to say, don't tell me he's not perfect and you're not voting for him. Um, don't make the 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 you know the perfect your goal. Make good your goal. Make better your goal. And we need to be better than 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 what we are right now. And I think that that Joe Biden's the guy to make it better. Thank you very much, Mike. And, you're and welcome, Jim. Jim, exactly. Bye bye. Thanks. No, no, Jim. We're, we're looking forward to having you at the Arab American Democratic Club October 25th. And uh, for listeners, you want to find more about Jim Zagme and the Arab American Institute, go to aaius.gov. A-A-I-U-S-A.org. Or they can follow me on Twitter at JJZ1600. All right. Now I'm going to be calling you JJ from now on, okay? You got it, man. Take we care. We love you, thank- Jim. Listen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank we you. really appreciate it. That's Jim Zogby, folks. What a great guy. It was just great to have him on the program. I'm Ray Hanania here at WNZK AM 690 Radio on the U.S. Arab Radio Network. It's October 9, 2020, and it's, this is the Friday edition of the Ray Hanania Show we have our Wednesday special focus on elections every Wednesday. Um, and I just couldn't wait to get Jim on. I, I wanted to bring him on on a Wednesday. I want to tell people I'm sorry that the Facebook page, I'm not sure why it's not working. If you're outside of the greater Detroit region, um, it's just uh, phenomenal. It's it, it just a phenomenal uh, uh, bump for me that uh, it didn't work. I want to thank the Arab News newspaper Uh, for sponsoring the show. Their website is ArabNews.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, if you want to call at 248-557-3300, we will take your phone calls, 248-557-3300. I'm Ray Hanania. We're going to be right back right after these messages. At Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. الأكل الشامي الأصيل
فقط بدمسكوزين زروهم على 28841 أرشد لك بفارمينغتون هيلز ولطلباتكم اتصلوا على 248-987-4609 That's 248-987-4609 دمسكوزين and catering جبنا لكم الشام لعندكم Are you going to start a restaurant or a grocery store soon? Do you need floor plans and designs? Call Najee Aboud at 734-744-9796. Do you want to buy kitchen and restaurant equipment at discount prices? Call Najee Aboud now, 734-744-9796. New concept products and design, the trademark of kitchen equipment. 5% discount on all purchases of $75,000 or more. New concept products and design. New location, 31185 Schoolcraft in Livonia. Learn more at www.newconceptproducts.com. Call Najee Aboud, 734-744-9796. is a nonprofit charity that's provided humanitarian aid and development to people and communities for over 25 years, regardless of race, color, religion, or cultural background. When disaster occurs here or around the world, Life for Relief and Development rushes in to provide food, medical aid, and shelter to those in need. Please help improve these efforts. Make your tax-deductible donation to Life now at lifeusa.org or call 248-424-7493. And welcome back to the Ray Hanania Show here at WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, Michigan, brought to you by the U.S. Arab Radio Network and Layla El Husseini, the U.S. Arab Radio Network uh, journalist and radio founder um, who has worked so hard since 2005 to energize and empower Arab Americans through engagement in the media. We don't, this is the only network, the, this is the only radio network that speaks to Arab Americans every day, Monday through Friday from 8 until 9 a.m. in Detroit. Um, and you got to be supporting it because we don't have a voice. There are a couple of other shows all over the place, but here at WNZK, uh, this show is the foundation for what really should be a massive radio enterprise. I'm also grateful to the Arab News newspaper for supporting uh, uh, my show as a sponsor um, and uh, allowing me to write and share my opinions and my writing uh, in their newspaper. Let's go to the phone lines real quick and get a, a quick question and message from our friend Jerry Haba. Jerry, thank you so much. What did you think of uh, Jim Zogby's analysis, which I thought was so brilliant? Michael, too bad you don't have too much time. I want to salute Mr. Jim Zagby because uh, uh, he is uh, one of the uh, smart journalists, uh, uh, American uh, Middle Eastern. So I salute him. Mr. Ray yeah. Hanania, uh, I'm not yeah. trying to change the subject. That's uh, okay. As a Middle Eastern American, to be proud, we condemn any threat against any elected official. And yesterday, yes. the news uh, mentioned there was FBI discovered a plot against the life of uh, Michigan Governor Ms. Christian Whitmer. We condemn yes. any hate uh, threat against any official. There's no reason for violence. 
to kidnap her or to kill her. Uh, nobody has the right to do that. So absolutely we condemn that. But, Mr. Rehanania, I just want to question uh, the governor. Why she tried to blame President Donald Trump? She said he's racist, and that's what happened because he took racist, and uh, the incident happened to discover uh, those criminals was a reaction to President Trump's hatred speech. I just want you to say something about it, please, and thank you, Mr. Rehanania. Thanks, Jerry. You're a good man for always calling and supporting the radio show. Uh, I agree. I think that too often people exploit these things, and, and instead of looking at the real issues, they want to turn it into a political weapon to beat up on people that they want to beat. So instead of addressing it as a crime, they've turned this, even Whitmire's have turned this into a political uh, bludgeon to attack Donald Trump and blame him taking the focus off of the crime, doing exactly what the news media does, taking the focus off of uh, uh, the reality of the candidates and putting it on themselves. She's being selfish, I think, um, by turning this into a political weapon. She should have addressed it as a crime uh, and not turned it into politics. Jerry, great great question. Um, And that obviously was just happening this week. Uh, just uh, yesterday, and uh, we're going to look into that more. Unfortunately, we're down to the last few seconds and minutes of the radio show. I want to thank everybody for joining me. I'm sorry about the Facebook Live uh, broadcast streaming issue we had. We'll get that figured out uh, for the next time. But we'll be on Wednesday again. Remember, Wednesday morning here at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on WNZK uh, AM 690 this Wednesday. Uh, we'll be talking with some more guests. I know you want to hear it. We got Amar Kampen, the jar uh, from the race in California. We'll have an interview with him. We also have a few more people. So join us. And I want to thank the Arab News newspaper members. Support them at ArabNews.com. I'm Ray Hanania. Mike, thank you so much for producing the show in Detroit. We will talk to you Wednesday morning, 8 a.m., right here in Detroit. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.